When I was at CU, the new venture challenge, the big pitch competition, the year before I competed, my really good friend competed with a very similar product to mine and he ended up winning the whole thing. And then I showed up with this product that I had been working on. I had tons of market research. I had talked to a hundred people in the space. I had people signed up to be beta testers. And I was met with like a lot of criticism and like skepticism. And I barely made it past the first round and then didn't make it any further in the competition. And I just thought that was interesting that an engineer that's a man won the whole competition. And then the next year I show up with a product that's further along. And the only difference I can really spot is that I'm a woman. Podcasting from Boulder, Colorado. This is the Baby Got Backstory podcast, where we dive into the story behind the story of today's most inspiring storytellers, creators, and entrepreneurs. I like big backstories, and I cannot lie. I am your host, Mark Gutman. I'm Mark Gutman, and on today's episode of Baby Got Backstory, we are talking about hot water, IoT, that's Internet of Things, and aging parents. But before we get to that, I need you. If you like and enjoy the show, please take a minute or two to rate and review us over at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Apple and Spotify use these ratings as part of the algorithm that determines ratings on their charts. If you haven't reviewed, we have little IoT sensors monitoring your podcasts and telling us who isn't reviewing. So get on it. Now let's get on with the show. Today's guest is Marlo Vernon, international model, first-time SaaS founder and CEO. Marlo Vernon is all those things, but currently she is the founder and CEO of Care Penguin, a business she created while in college to aid in the care of older adults living independently. As Marlo's father is her co-founder and CTO, Marlo has delighted in the fact that now the tables are turned and she can finally order him around. Marlo's journey is a little different than those we normally feature on Baby Got Backstory, but that's why I wanted her on the show. She's just getting started, already crushing it, and there's a lot to learn from the next generation of entrepreneurs. And this is her story. All right. I am here with Marlo Vernon, the founder and CEO of Care Penguin. Marlo, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How does that sound when you hear someone in a radio voice say, Marlo Vernon, founder and CEO of Care Penguin? I love it. It's music to my ears. It's really weird because my resume is like marketing intern, marketing intern, CEO. So big, big difference there. <laughs> well, for those of you that can't think that it can happen overnight, it uh, certainly can uh, in Marlo's case. So that's that's pretty awesome. And so before we get into it, what is Care Penguin? 
So Care Penguin is an IoT device and service that non-invasively monitors the well-being of older adults living independently by monitoring their activity through water use. So our we have a sensor that connects to the hot water pipe coming out of a water heater. And whenever someone turns on a faucet anywhere in the house, we can detect that activity. And then our app um, allows adult children or caregivers to look at the last time their loved one was active and check in without being invasive of their privacy. And then they can receive alerts if there is a lack of activity. So it's a lot, it's a lot less invasive than like cameras or motion sensors, that type of thing. Yeah. And I was looking on your website earlier today, and this whole concept actually blows my mind a bit because uh, my father's getting older. Uh, he just moved to Colorado. Welcome, Dad. You know, he's in his own apartment and stuff like that, but I but I worry about him. And I know the traditional way is to have a wearable device or something like that that perhaps you can either track or or um, or, or your loved one can can signal. But like, how in the world? Did you think of using water as the the measuring device or the metric? Because like that just blows my mind that that ha- that is the way that you're able to keep track of, of of the customers that you're serving. Yeah. So actually, I started this business with my dad. So a few years ago, we were kind of like tinkering around with IoT devices, and we came up with this sensor to just see if someone's home by measuring their water use. And it ended up working really well. And uh, we, at the same time, my grandparents on both sides were starting to get older and starting to worry about them more. So we kind of thought, wow, this would actually be a really great way to see if my grandparents are okay. It seems to be like a great proxy for human behavior because water, like hot water specifically, is something that is only activated when someone takes an action. So we kind of came up with that. And then when I went to CU and took an entrepreneurship class, I started exploring this idea more. And the more I researched on like this market and um, talking to my parents, my parents' friends, this was like a huge problem. And so, and this seemed like such a simple but comprehensive solution. So. Yeah. And let's, let's get back to that water thing. Like why water? Like, what is it about water? What spoke to you about water? Did you try other things in terms of attaching a sensor? Or was it always about this idea of hot water? It was kind of always about the idea of hot water. We we also have other ideas of like refrigerator door, lights, like sound sensors, but this seemed so simple and it's only one sensor that detects activity throughout the entire house. So you'd spend five minutes attaching it to your water pipe and then um, you can see activity in the kitchen, in the bathrooms and it's a lot easier than putting like motion sensors all over and like motion sensors. Um, if you have like animals that will set it off and water just seemed like a direct correlation between human activity and, and water. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so fascinated by that. Is anyone else 
doing that right now? Or is this unique to Care Penguin the way that you're approaching it? So there are some other companies that are doing like flow meters, but they're they're more in the market of catching leaks and they're a lot more expensive. But what Care Penguin does actually is measure the temperature of the pipe. So we don't measure flow of water. And that's part of what makes it so simple and so so much cheaper. No, you don't have to like mess with the plumbing or anything. You literally just attach it to the pipe and then it takes the temperature of the pipe. And whenever someone uses water, the temperature of that pipe spikes way up, indicating that someone's active. Yeah. And you had mentioned something earlier about, you're like, yeah, me and my dad, we were just tinkering <laughs> around and we kind of came up with this idea. So mm-hmm. like, 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 let's, let, let's take a step back in time. Was young Marlo, I mean, was this something that you were always interested in? Were you always interested in the internet of things? Were you always interested in app development as a, uh, when you were, when you were younger? Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be a fashion designer <laughs> and then, and then I quickly realized I didn't care about fashion. <laughs> um, but no, I grew up with my dad. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. So I grew up with him talking about business at the dinner table every single night. Were you into that? Were you into that? Or was that more of like, uh, more of an eye roll? Here goes dad again. <laughs> no, I thought, it, I thought it was kind of interesting. And I liked the idea of like running your own business. And my dad is big on culture at his businesses. So a lot of times he would talk about like all the fun things that were happening at work. And then also um, like the stressful things like raising money. So I kind of got to hear it all. And I, it's kind of funny because uh, one time we went to Disneyland and my dad was like taking calls on like the big Thunder Mountain Railroad. <laughs> so I was very used to him like always working and always talking about his business. And then when I got to high school, I started taking marketing classes and I was always like really quiet in school. I never participated, never like raised my hand or anything. But then once I started taking these business classes in high school, I realized I already like knew everything just from listening to my dad talk um, as I was growing up. And I became super confident and like spoke up and yeah, felt felt way more confident in those classes and felt like this was this is what I was meant to do. So that's kind of when I started realizing I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But that still wasn't your path. So you, <laughs> right, you, you left, uh, you left high school and you, you still had, uh, dreams of being in that, in that fashion industry to some degree. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So at the same time, I was also modeling. Um, I started modeling in Denver when I was 15, just kind of for fun. And then when I was 17, I signed a contract with a modeling agency in New York And after I graduated from high school, I went to New York to model and my dad was not into that. He, he basically said, you have one year to do this and then you're going to college. And so I took it and, uh, and it ended up being great. Like that year was, was really great. But then after a year, I was definitely ready to go to college. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so you came back and, and having that experience of living in New York and, and coming back to college, what, what did you study in, in school? I studied marketing at the Lead School of Business at CU. Yeah, and and how did you feel about that program? It was great. I loved CU, loved the marketing program there. All my professors were awesome. The only thing about it, though, was it's very like every all the professors were like brand managers at like Procter and Gamble or something, and a lot of our classes were like how to make the world's best toothbrush, and I was just. Like, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to use this. I've always kind of been more into tech, like getting into tech. So my internships have kind of helped helped with that, learn more about marketing in the tech space. But it, I felt like CU provided a really great foundation. And then I also got an entrepreneurship certificate at CU, which was also really great. I took about three entrepreneurship classes, so... Yeah, what's that? I'm not familiar with the entrepreneurship certificate. How does that work? Um, I think it's just you take three different classes, like entrepreneurial environments, um, entrepreneurial finance, and then new venture creation. And that's that's it. I'm not really sure how that's different from minoring in entrepreneurship or majoring in entrepreneurship, but that's what I did. Got it. And so you mentioned you came out, you had a few marketing internships, and you were checking out the business landscape, but your entrepreneurial father and you uh, were tinkering with this idea. And so at what point did you take it from tinkering to actually making something with, actually making something that was concrete and potentially a product and then a business? Yeah. So in fall of 2019, I took uh, this new venture creation class and we had to kind of explore these business ideas and try to build this business as much as we could within the semester. And so I decided to work on this. It's something like my dad and I have always thought about, but never really had the chance to explore more. So I picked it up and started working on it. And then during that time, I really did a ton of like customer validation. So I, me and my team, we probably talked to about a hundred people about their elderly parents, how they care for them, like learned a lot about that kind of thing, older adults and their needs. And that's when I learned that like this was such a huge problem and everyone seemed really excited about this idea. And then I pitched um, at the end of the semester and like won the the class pitch pitch competition. What does that mean? Like like when you win the class pitch competition, like what 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 does that mean? It only means you get an A in the class. <laughs> basically, we all worked on this. We all worked on our ideas. I think there were like five ideas or seven. I think there were seven teams. And mine was one of them. And at the end of the semester, they brought in like, I don't know, like invest, not real investors, but I'm not really sure who they were, but but um, we pitched to them and then I ended up winning and got an A. But then I moved on. Um, CU has this big pitch competition in the spring called new the New Venture Challenge. And um, I think like... Over a hundred teams participate in this, and then the winner gets a hundred thousand dollars. 
And I didn't, I didn't make it past the second round, but then I ended up starting the company myself and raising the same amount of money anyways that I would have won. So it all ended up working out for me, but, but anyways, um, yeah. So then after the new venture challenge and everything and losing, I kind of was like mad and I was like, I'm going to show them. So I, so I went full on when I graduated and really started the company. And that's kind of when my dad joined. And at first he was like, oh, I'll just help you like write the app for it. And then we, it just grew and grew and he got more invested and it got more real. And we started um, improving on the hardware, improving on the software. So it, it really became like a real thing last May when I graduated. And was at that time, did it have the name Care Penguin? Yeah, yeah. I named it Care Penguin back back in November of 2019. And it was kind of funny because I was trying to figure out a, a name for this project for my entrepreneurship class. And at the time, I didn't think I would turn it into like a real company. And so I was kind of like Googling names and uh, like doing those like company name generators and stuff online. And there's like this one website that gives you like a name, a logo. And um, I was like browsing one of those and I saw Care Penguin and I was like, oh, I really like that. But it costs like $3,300 like for the domain and for the logo. And I was like, well, this isn't like a real thing. So I just named it Care Penguin, made my own logo. And then in May, when we decided to like actually make this a real business, I had to like finally buy like carepenguin.com for like $3,300. So that's a good way to do it. Proof of concept before you invest in the domain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you decided to start the business. And so, I mean, what's it like working with your father? I I don't talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that have that experience. I mean, talk a little bit about that. Um, It's actually really great. I love working with my dad. He is the best mentor. We live together. Um, and But it's kind of funny because he's like 57 years old and he can learn how to write an iPhone app super easily and just whip out an iPhone app. But trying to get him to understand how to use like Google Calendar is like such a struggle. So that's been pretty funny. Um, Also Slack. I'm very proud that I got him on Slack because when he was the CEO of Victor Ops, like he refused to Slack. He only used email. So that's been a big win for us. Yeah. Well, you know, I do know how to Slack, but I have to agree with him. Email is the killer app. Like why did we ever just move all our email into Slack, which is really just kind of like weird email. Yeah, I know. I love Slack. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we use Slack here too. So, so I guess, I guess I gotta love it as well. A common question I get all the time is Mark, can you help me with our brand? Yes. We help companies solve branding problems. And the first step would be to schedule a no-obligation brand clarity call. We'll link to that in the show notes or head over to wildstory.com and send us an email. We'll get you booked right away. So 
Whether you're just getting started with a new business, or whether you've done some work and need a refresh, or whether you're a brand that's high performing and wants to stay there, we can help. After you book your brand clarity call, you'll learn about our brand audit and strategy process. We'll identify if you need a new logo or just a refresh. We'll determine if your business has a branding problem, and you'll see examples of our work and get relevant case studies. We'll also see if branding is holding your business back and can help you get to the next level. So what are you waiting for? Build the brand you've always dreamed of. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes or head over to wildstory.com and send us an email. Now back to the show. So you started the business, you have a name, like what are those early days of the business look like? I mean, did you have any customers? No, we had people that were willing to be beta testers. So we had, we had like testers throughout the whole thing. So first we had this jinky little prototype that we probably put in like five people's homes just to make sure that the data was accurate. And a big misconception that we kept getting in the early days was that older adults don't use water. Like we were getting this all the time, like, oh, this wouldn't work for my parent because they don't use water. And we were like, I don't think that's true. So we started putting these sensors in my parents' uh, friends' parents' houses. And everyone was surprised because they used way more water than they thought. They used water like seven to 10 times a day. So it was actually really great. So that was something we had to overcome was, and we still get that question to this day of like, oh, well, I'm not sure my parent uses water. So that's something we have to like create like marketing material on. Um, But yeah, we had people that were willing to test. And then um, in the early days, it was kind of just about getting the sensor to a place that we could actually sell it. So we hired like a circuit board designer, industrial designer, and then we worked on the app and tried to get the app to a place that people could use it. And we literally just finished that. So yeah. Very cool. And so what was the process you had mentioned that you went out and you raised raised money? Had you ever done that before? What did that look like for you? No, I've never done that before. It was good. My My dad has been guiding me through this entire thing. So he has like this, um, this presentation that he gives at Techstars called How to Start Your Startup. And so he was like, just look at that presentation and build your deck. So I used the template he had. I built a deck and then we kind of refined it together. And then I'm super lucky to have his whole network. So he, we kind of emailed like probably... 25 of his friends, investor friends, people just in the Boulder startup scene and told them what we were working on. And if they wanted to invest in an angel round, like we would take a meeting with them. And then eight of them replied and said they'd like to hear me pitch. And then all eight ended up investing after hearing um, our pitch. So it ended up going really well. 
It was kind of funny though, because (laughs) I'm sitting on like these calls with my dad and I'm pitching and he's kind of just sitting there watching me. And after we get off the call, he just like makes fun of me and is like, (laughs) <laughs> laughing at all these like stupid things I said <laughs> and um because I'd get to the end of the pitch and then instead of being like all right like are you in like we'd love to have you invest I'd kind of just be like all right so thank you and my dad's like are you singing or are you trying to close a deal <laughs> and so I've I've often felt like uh, Bambi trying to like walk for the first time through these like investor calls and stuff. And I'm just amazed at how like easily my dad can just like talk to people. (laughs) It sounds kind of silly, but. (laughs) Well, clearly you're doing something right because you had uh, eight, all eight uh, offered to invest. So, so you're, you're obviously pitching quite well. First time CEO, mm-hmm. young in your business career. Yep. Woman in tech. Like, yeah, yeah. What's hard about that? You know, it doesn't, you know, it seems like it may be fraught with pitfalls and challenges. Like, what do, what do you find hard about, about, about being a first time CEO uh, and a woman in tech? Yeah, I feel like kind of before my dad got involved, like when I tell people about my idea, they'd be like, oh, like that's cute. But like, what jobs are you applying for? Or like, oh, this is just a school project, right? And I was like, no, like I'm truly working on this, like as a company. And like, people just kind of don't believe you or don't think you can do it. But then kind of once my dad got involved, people started taking me more seriously. And then also... When I was at CU, um, the new venture challenge, the big pitch competition, I thought it was interesting because the year before I competed, my really good friend competed with a very similar product to mine. And he ended up winning the whole thing. He won the hundred grand. And he is man and an engineer. And then I show up at the competition the next year Everyone knows who he is. They give him tons of praise. And then I showed up with this product that I had been working on. I had tons of market research. I had talked to 100 people in the space. I had people signed up to be beta testers. And I was met with like a lot of criticism and like skepticism. And I barely made it past the first round. And then didn't make it any further in the competition. And I just thought that was interesting that an engineer, like that's a man, like won the whole competition. And then the next year I show up with a product that's further along. And the only difference I can really spot is that I'm a woman majoring in marketing. So that was kind of, I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. How does that make you feel? It kind of sucks, especially since I had like the, like all the research to prove that this was going to be a great idea. And I had the prototype in my hands. So that kind of sucked. But also these pitch competitions are kind of funny because the judges they're bringing in, it's like Jake from State Farm is like who you're pitching to, it seems. And so (laughs) 
they don't really understand SaaS businesses anyway, I don't think. Like in one round, like a girl making cookies beat me. And I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I think I think it's just because like they they understand cookies, but they don't understand like a SaaS business. So I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> And so, like, what are what are your friends doing for work right now? I mean, are, are they all CEOs of tech comp- startup tech companies, or what's what's going on? Like, what do they like? What do they think about your role? My friends are awesome. They're killing it. One of my friends works at Goldman Sachs. One of my friends works at KPMG. She just passed her CPA exams. And then a couple more of my friends just nailed some jobs. I and then. A lot of my girlfriends are like super smart, super ambitious, working in like finance and accounting, which I have no passion for. Um, But then I also have a group of friends who are like my startup friends. So we've been in like in startup summer programs together and we go out to drinks once a month and we all talk about our startups. So that's really fun. We just had drinks actually last Friday, but they're all, they're all guys. I'm the only girl in all of my entrepreneurship classes, in all of my entrepreneurship, like summer programs. It's very interesting. I'm not sure why there's not more girls. Yeah. You, you don't have any thoughts as to... Why there's not more women in those programs? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think men are cockier (laughs) and they're like very confident in like their idea and their, and their ability. And I think women are a little like not as much like that. I don't know, but I just, I just wish they were. Well, maybe maybe after Care Penguin, that's your next your next ambition is you can work on getting more women into these these types of programs. And so I hope so. Yeah. Where is Care Penguin today as far as you guys have customers? Is are are you actively selling the product? Yes, we are actively selling. We just released the product to paying customers um a week and a half ago. So yes, that has, it's been fun to watch the customers roll in. I think we have about 10 right now, and then we have about 15 active beta testers. So it's going great. Um, I'm nervous because I'm the whole tech support team right now. So (laughs) I'm the head of marketing, head of tech support, raiser of money. So yeah, I got a lot going on right now, but... (laughs) I was just about to ask you that. What does a typical day in the life of CEO Marlo Vernon look like? But you kind of just shared it. Is there anything else that uh, you're working on or what a typical day looks like for you? Yeah, it's pretty much um, answer emails from customers or beta testers, check in, and then probably like post a blog, post on social media, have a meeting with my co-founders about like what's going on. And then at the end of the day, when the customers roll in, I, I take a bunch of care penguin boxes to the post office and, and mail them. So that's a typical day for me. Yeah, and what's the future look like for care penguin? Where do you hope to be? And what's that look like for you? Um, so our goal is to be like the platform for elderly home care. 
And right now we just have this sensor for water use, but we want to expand into a whole suite of sensors. So like, I don't know, a sensor for your refrigerator door or a sound sensor, or there's already kind of a lot of things like that out there, like refrigerators now connect to Wi-Fi. Like we have a crock pot that connects to Wi-Fi. I'm not sure if anyone needs that, but we really want to do this sensor fusion thing where we take all of these bits of data from different devices in the house um, to get a better picture of someone's health and activity living alone and kind of be like the platform for that. So that is our goal. Uh, and, and what's the hardest thing for you right now as the CEO, as you're trying to build this company and, and steer the ship? Yeah. The hardest thing is I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> um, but I feel like most entrepreneurs, like first time entrepreneurs have no idea what they're doing. So um, kind of just taking one obstacle at a time and trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do here? Figure that out, get past it, and then move on to the next one. Right now, we're wondering how we're going to market our product to everyone. And we'd love to get on Shark Tank. That would be our, that would be our goal. But I also don't think I can handle the tech support for a hundred thousand orders if we got on Shark Tank. So we're trying to, we're trying to figure all of that out and raise money and decide what the, what the next step is there. So yeah, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to figure all of that out right now. All right. As you think about where you've come so far in your journey, do you have any advice that you would give to other up and coming entrepreneurs, especially maybe female entrepreneurs who are trying to find their way? Yeah, I would say definitely like do a lot of research on your industry. Like I feel like I'm kind of an expert of like elderly care now, which I never thought I'd be. Um, and like all the companies in this space and as well as like IOT companies. And cause I think a, a big problem with being so young is people, people doubt you, but if they ask you questions and you, you seem to be an expert on it, then that that's really good for you. Um, another piece of advice I'd give is, I feel like a lot of young entrepreneurs like that I know are kind of caught up in like this startup buzz where they love to talk about starting a company, but like building a company, like not so much. And they kind of just like go from pitch competition to pitch competition and they do accelerator after accelerator. And it's kind of like at some point you just have to like build your company. You just have to do it. And then for women entrepreneurs, I would say just just be confident. And like, if you don't know it, everything, just, just go for it anyways. Because I heard this like fact that when men are applying for jobs, if they don't meet like every requirement, they still apply. And when women are applying for jobs, if they look at it and they don't meet every requirement, then they don't apply. So I think you should just like have confidence in yourself, know that you can do it and just just go for it. Fantastic. Where can people find out more and learn more about Care Penguin? 
Um, they can go to carepenguin.com and learn more there on our website. <laughs> and it's available to purchase now. So if you think you'd benefit from it, you can buy a monthly or an annual subscription. Perfect. Well, Marlo, <laughs> thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And that is Marlo Vernon. Wow. I am so impressed with Marlo's drive and leadership, but also her view on what it takes to be successful. She knows that building businesses is hard, that sometimes it's not fun, but that's what building a business is all about. I have no doubt that Marlo and Kara Penguin are going to achieve great things. We'll make sure to keep you updated with their progress. Side note, Marlo's father, the one she talks about throughout the episode, not that there are other fathers, you you know what I mean, was one of the co-founders at what I like to call my first real job, a company outside of Boulder called Raindance. Marlo mentions culture and how important it is to him, and all I can say is that company attracted and introduced me to some of the most incredible people in my life. If you're a Raindance alum, you know what I mean. There was just something special in that culture there. Since then, her father, Todd, has gone on to start an exit from multiple companies, and there's no question where Marlo gets her entrepreneurial influence from. A big thank you to Marlo Vernon and the team at Care Penguin. You're well on your way. And dad, if you're listening, my dad, we need to get you a Care Penguin sensor. We will link to all things Marlo and Care Penguin in the show notes. And if you know of a guest who should appear on our show, please drop me a line at podcast at wildstory.com. Our best guests, like Marlo, come from referrals from past guests and our listeners. Well, that's the show. Until next time. Make sure to visit our website, www.wildstory.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. I like big stories and I cannot lie. You other storytellers can't deny. 